Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome all to the Executive Edition. I'm your host, Sosa Flo from the Pokey Battle Network, and I'm here interviewing the top trainers and content creators that we've had had throughout our entire journey as battlers. This trainer today that I have is a battler you've seen on the main stage, punching his ticket into Tokyo or Yokohama, Japan, getting himself a world finalist all the way from Salt Lake City, Mr. Buckeye Fitzy. How you doing today, Mr. Buckeye? Doing fantastic. Happy to be here. Ah, we are happy to have you. After watching your big Papa Bear run uh, throughout that entire Salt Lake, it was really exciting. I become a Fitzy fan. Uh, it was really fun to watch both you and Khaleesi go in there uh, and duke it out in Salt Lake, like to see that combo and have you guys do it. How was that experience for you? I mean, it's definitely the most magical weekend I think you could uh, map out. Uh, I guess if you were being really selfish, you could say, you know, we could have played each other up on the the big stage or uh, had both gotten the, the world's invites. But uh just to be honest, it was everything we could have hoped for and more. Uh, definitely our best weekends as battlers in the game uh, by a wide margin. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's great. Like, you love it when, like, your tournament comes when it's a big one. You're like, yeah, this is how, like, uh, you're a season one self battler, right? Yep. So you remember your first tournament. That If you did good your first tournament, you got like 10 times for your ranking points. So it was like that good old feeling of, yeah, you come in, you do it right the first time, and it worked out for you on your tournament. Oh. Yep, then you get to play Spice the rest of the month. <laughs> right, and then you just have a heyday, unranked Spice, whatever you want. It's so much fun. That's great. That sounds like a wonderful time. We'll talk more about Salt Lake City with you. I want to get more involved in that a little more in depth. But as we mentioned, I want to know you as a battler. You are a Season 1 Sylph battler. So what cup got you in on Season of Sylph? 
Yeah, so our first cup was the Rainbow Cup, which was pretty far into Season 1 of Sylph back in 2019. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even before that, in fact, I believe it was the same month as that, we went to our first GoFest back when they were in person in Chicago. And that was another one of those top memorable moments like Salt Lake City that that we'll talk about again. but just being able to be with all the kids. Uh, in fact, my mother-in-law, the, the grandmother of, of the three Fitz daughters, plays as well. Uh, so we only able were able to get, <laughs> get four tickets for GoFest because uh, they limit you. So my mother-in-law, uh, my wife, and then Khaleesi and I were playing. And the two younger uh, kids were just kind of tagging along. But GoFest, as everybody knows who's been to them or to any in-person events, uh, it's just kind of magical regardless of whether you're playing or not uh, yeah. certainly playing is is neat with the spawns and the, the other special things you can do in the game uh, but i bring up go fest just because that was kind of the first time that i got that battling itch so this was pre-gbl as well and at go fest they do little what I'll call 16 person kind of on-demand fire-up brackets and okay. you're actually standing on platforms that kind of narrow down so that there's eight platforms where two players can stand on a little grassy platform and they play each other and then you would move up the bracket it was almost like a bracket in real life uh, until you got up to the final two and your prizes that you would get for doing this got better and better as you advance through the bracket and this seemed like something fun so all of us you know signed up and Got in the queue, thankfully didn't play each other, Um, but I believe everybody else in the family, maybe one of them won one match, but for the most part, everybody was, you know, play one and done, because we weren't, (laughs) we knew sort of about battling, but uh, we're kind of new to the Pokemon franchise, so we're not diehards that know our typings or anything. But I had, (laughs) I had known this was going on at GoFest, so on the way to GoFest in the car, I'm actually researching, you know, what's the best Pokemon, and I'm seeing things like Metacham, (laughs) Azumarill, uh, Venusaur, so I just, I ended up jamming the those three uh and of course they've you know were quite good back at at that time and for whatever reason i'm sure i was battling against other decent battlers but i got up to the final two uh which got you the exclusive black t-shirt instead of the gray t-shirt still wear that around on community days to this day i was very very proud of that um and some earbuds which seem like the coolest prize but the earbuds don't actually fit my ears so my kids have used these earbuds for the last few years great um, christmas gift check exactly. that off your mark uh, yeah. but what i'll never forget is kind of walking back just the the whole family around me and again this seems to be a recurring theme with us it's, it's pokemon and family uh, time together uh, i walk back and i just remember khaleesi and and kira our middle daughter just being like amazed they're like we couldn't believe that every time you would finish battling you just keep going up to the next one we thought for sure you would have lost this time <laughs> and, oh no uh, and they were just floored that i kept you know winning and, and moving up in that little uh, bracket and again just the silliest little pickup thing they were just encouraging battles basically as, as battles yeah. were pretty new to the game at that time uh but that go fest experience really kind of locked it in for me i said okay this is something that can scratch a competitive itch uh, but then also within the rest of the family as well we were all quite interested in it 
So then uh, looking around, because it was still pre-GBL by a little bit, uh, looking around just to see what else was going on around us, were there other battles, uh, I came across Sylph. I was part of a primarily a raiding uh, community, but also kind of a Pokemon spawn watching community, uh, not a scanner. It was just uh, everybody in the downtown area that was working. You'd have channels for different parts of Cincinnati. Uh, So all of us that were working our jobs downtown pre-pandemic, all of us would, you know, if we'd see an interesting spawn. Yeah, exactly. Oh oh my goodness. There's a Larvitar (laughs) spawned over here at this restaurant. Real community love right there. Exactly. Uh, So that community was one of the ones that bought in very quickly to Sylph, and there were some original admins that were running these tournaments uh, all the way back to the original Boulder Cup. Uh, But given that we had just gone to GoFest, that was the same month as Rainbow Cup. And so that is where our our Sylph journey started. And four of the five of us that were the two daughters that were oldest, older enough, uh, old enough to play the game. And Mm -hmm. then Kelly and I uh, just kind of jumped in to the in-person tournaments. And, uh, you know, we were only doing one or two a month, but we really enjoyed it and picked it up right there in in the late part of Sylph season one. And then our love for show six pick three uh, has kind of been there ever since. Uh, how are you? Are you a show six pick three kind of guy? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I vastly I prefer that. And uh, I heard that a little bit. The people who have watched me on stream or who have battled me in self, uh, I mean, I take a, a pretty analytic approach, both to team building and then also to reading someone's team in the moment and adjusting. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly there are resources out there for that, uh, for people that don't do that very well, like PB Poke. Um, but uh, for in-person tournaments, there's you know a real Instinct. skill to yeah. being able actual to, skill, right? Looking at somebody's team list and kind of figuring out, okay, what do you think they're going to bring, uh, and then what are your plans, uh, depending on what leads you think are most likely, and and so on and so forth. You're kind of playing out the game before you actually get into the the set of three. And I think my biggest point of pride as I've grown as a battler is my ability to adjust after game one and game two Mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of not necessarily guess what they're going to do in the in the back games but see how they play and then adjust my play and my lines accordingly yeah so I I tend to be one that comes back a lot from 01 deficits (laughs) as it turns out which is a little stressful Um, that's funny because I usually I usually hit the 1-0 and then lose game two and then it's all up in the air and just overthink game three (laughs) yeah exactly so good style no it's really good style that you had to be in the analytical for the show six yep and so then of course we did self for the the first i guess it was uh season season plus or two seasons uh i guess it was just a season and a half before uh, everything shut down for the pandemic uh, and then <clears throat> continued to play in fact honestly expanded during the pandemic and you alluded to that earlier how that affected our play um, <clears throat> there was some negatives and some positives with that mm-hmm. 
within the Fitz family. Uh, I will say it was a positive for me because not having a whole lot to do other than sit around the house and uh, take care of the fam and do legal work. Uh, I was, of course, looking for outlets and our family's big into tabletop games. So thankfully we had a a lovely supply uh, of games to play with each other and and weren't necessarily tied just to video games or anything. Uh, But, you know, sometimes you just have alone time, right? Or, you know, the kids are in bed or whatever. And so uh, for me, it actually opened up the the chance to expand out my community beyond just the Cincinnati one where we started and really kind of dive into the the battling community of Pokemon more generally and really kind of see, you know, both worldwide battles where you're coordinating schedules, but then also within you know bigger circles from Cincinnati, playing in an Ohio-based server, playing in a Kentucky-based yeah. server, and kind of learning the people around me that way. So it really worked well for me. And initially, uh, our middle daughter, Kira, really took to the extra battles as well. But over time, it turned out that she really kind of grew away from it because she really did miss the in-person aspect to it. And the same thing can be said for my wife. Uh, After, you know, just a month or two of of remote battles kind of being forced upon us, they really just kind of stopped with Sylph. Yeah. Uh, because they realized remote battling just wasn't for them. Uh, and and then, of course, at the same time, or over a, a slow glide slope, Khaleesi, our oldest, uh, did become more and more interested. So ironically, it was her younger sister that was quite better at battling back in self-season one, despite being three years younger uh, than Khaleesi. But then Khaleesi, over the pandemic, really grew her skills because she was playing a couple of tournaments a month um, and still keeping those skills growing. That's very interesting that that was the dynamic. Um, I know a lot of people as well from my community that, you know, once the remote hit, it was, they couldn't, they, they were done. Yep. Like they, they got into it for the month and I can see you went ham too here and you went pretty ham on Voyager toxic and Rose cup here. Like, <laughs> yeah, my God guy, like your forest uh, sorcerer's cup. You kind of like slowed down. Uh, yeah. Forest cup, sorcerer's cup. You kind of like slowed down, but yo, you there's, I'm, if I'm counting right, I believe it's like 62 battles, 62 rounds total that you just seven rounder after seven rounder after seven rounder. Um, yeah, I, I really dove in two feet, you know, completely right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of find what works for you. Of course, things started to get slightly back to normal. Uh, were in a law practice where I, I could actually go into the office uh, a little yeah. bit. So, you know, there was there were a lot fewer hours in the day to fill and also you just realize after coordinating so many battles i mean i know there are some legends out there that that do you know hundreds or a hundred plus battles a month but you know that takes a lot of time to That's, coordinate and message yeah. and so i just kind of found the happy medium i'm quite happy after that season that Sylph started to kind of back off on, okay, you could have 10 ranked tournaments. I mean, that was, of course, part of the drive, too, was to see, okay, well, I want to get all my ranked tournaments in. Well, that was just crazy, basically, is what that turned into back then. Oh, my God. It was a nuts. Yeah, it was a crazy. Thank God they figured it out in season three. That's all I got to say. Like, (laughs) yep. I will give Sylph the benefit of the doubt because season two was crazy nuts. And I mean, like out of control, how are you supposed to, you know, you're planning for all these battle towers and like, 
all of a sudden you're slammed with a pandemic. You, everybody's remote is now active. GBL is a thing. Like Sylph did, you know, the best they could, and I'm glad they're still around to give us a different aspect of it. Um, see, I'm I'm noticing a a, um, a pattern here in your play style, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna point it out. So season one, you were. Uh, joined in pretty late, but you still got rival. You still did pretty well. Season two uh, in the U.S., you ended in an ace, which is great. Season three, you jumped to 233 global and 61 in the U.S. And season four, if you didn't think you could get any closer to getting to number one, you jumped to 154 global and 37 in the U.S. Do you keep striving to beat yourself? I certainly did in season three and season four. And then season three, having just kind of barely missed out on elite uh, and the, you know, the tiers are what they are. They're just kind of arbitrary thresholds, but yeah. it changes the color of your profile and self. And it feels good when you level up, so to speak. <laughs> so in season three, got to ace. Uh, I guess I wasn't super close to elite, but it was probably within reaching distance. And Wanted to improve on that for season four, or sorry, season three. I never really expected that I would be top 250 globally. I do think part of that was as the pandemic and the forced remotes went on and on. I know a lot of really good battlers that were still in the scene at season two that really started to drop off in season three, which isn't to denigrate those of us that did well in season three. Obviously, I and others were improving as battlers, but the pool was definitely getting a little smaller uh, as we wore on and and the months wore on. But you know, still wanted to to improve and uh, and do better. And then coming into last season, season four, I actually partnered with one of my faction's mates, and yeah, we really tried to to take it as seriously as we could. That was our our primary competitive outlet. Uh, he actually finished up in uh, legend and uh, was top eighty or top one hundred. Uh, he eclipsed me. I want to say in uh, forged or maybe in nemesis. So pretty late in the season, I was kind of pacing us uh, throughout the season, and then I had a, a really rough forge, which kind of set the course for me to drop back towards uh, where I landed up around one fifty. Uh, but you know, that was kind of the fun chase, right? You were working Mm -hmm. with a teammate, so to speak, kind of like you do in factions, but you know, you were really just, I guess it's like a rivalry, right? It's one of the best rivalries out there. (laughs) Right. Like Absolutely. Like, yeah, I want to, I want to do just as good. I can't wait to see you in the finals. And like, you can't do it. You can't do it. You, you know, you guys get each other a couple of beers, have some laughs, talk about it, and then go on to the next one. Hate, hate each other in the next tournament. Exactly. So it was a lot of fun. You know, obviously, I feel like that's a good finish to the season, even though in the moment, I know, especially after Forged Cup, I was just really kind of devastated with letting it all fall off. Um, But again, now having a few months to step back from it, uh, it it really was quite fine. And about the only regret I will say from the first four seasons of Sylph that I have is that I never really did all that well at a regional. And of course, you only get one shot (laughs) at those every year. So across the three regionals that I played, you know, I was kind of close, but 
I was always making just little mistakes or, yeah. or hitting, you know, a bad game three at the wrong time. Uh, uh, so, so I never did make continentals, obviously regionals uh, for anybody who plays self, they know that regionals isn't a thing anymore. It's just going to be a direct qualification into continentals. Uh, and so we'll see how it goes, but I really enjoyed that build up in the season to where, you got a lot of people that would compete in regionals, but it really was kind of the, the beginning of the world championship chase. And I did yeah. value uh, trying to do better in that season to season. So that's really the only regret I have. Certainly, you know, I played enough and did well enough to where I was improving myself. And, and that was important to me. Uh, I will admit that getting into season five or the current season that we're in, uh, I am still working uh, in a bit of a rivalry with that same player uh, who's Moonlight. But uh, I have lost my heart a little bit for it, if I'm being honest with myself. And that really has to do with the rise of Play Pokemon and the fact that uh, the Pokemon Go is now integrated into the Pokemon Company's competitive scene. Interesting. Really? So because of that year, you've lost heart and self. You thought you thought yeah. that, that, that show six is going to be better? No, I still enjoy the rotating formats. It's okay. just having only so much bandwidth. And again, I've alluded to it a couple times, but I am a partner in a law firm. So, you know, I, I, paid, my, I paid my dues over the years. So it's not like I work 15 hour days, uh, but you know, after this interview that we're doing in the evening, I'm going to go work on a patent application, right? So the <laughs> the, the grind never stops, even if you're never uh, stops. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, the the big gap that they had between season four and and the current season, so it's January as we're recording this, uh, 2023. There was about a six month gap from the Architect Cup until the Ember Cup, and the okay. new season uh, that was a much longer break than normal, and. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, really, having only so many hours to invest in the game, only so many hours in the day, so to speak, I know that I can't give myself fully into Sylph and then also still take uh, regionals and the play Pokemon circuit seriously. Uh, the other aspect I have is, of course, we're a family of battlers. And given that we want all of us to succeed, uh, I do have to spend you know a fair amount of time, whether you want to call it coaching, mentoring, team building, you know, it's not all about me, uh, honestly, yeah. and, and it never really has been. I mean, certainly during the pandemic and seasons two, three and four, I've enjoyed that as a competitive outlet for myself. Uh, but I almost yeah. I was well, not almost I do take more joy, right, in watching my daughters and, and my family members succeed. And so that's part of it, too, is that. I can invest in them uh, with the the play or sorry the Pokemon Company's competitive circuit, and with Sylph uh, because over half my family does not want to do remotes. They really can't buy into Sylph in the way that you need to to be top level competitive in it. You haven't gotten a, a in person region together up and running yet. Okay, so we'll we'll speak about that briefly. So I, I oh, talked about, oh, <laughs> yeah, I talked about our great mod group uh, that existed pre-pandemic, and all credit mm -hmm. in the world to them for running tournaments here in Cincinnati. Uh, but many of them have either moved on, literally a couple of them have moved to Washington and, and Toronto, uh, mm -hmm. but then others just, you know, have lost interest in Sylph for the game. I mean, it's been three and a half years. It makes total sense, really, that people oh have, have moved yeah. on. But 
I'm now one of the community leaders, at least as far as battlers within the Cincinnati community. And as they say, you know, if you want the world to change, don't wait for somebody else to do it. Do it yourself. (laughs) Right. Right. And our car, at least for Sylph, where all of our kids can play and get back to that in a minute. But we have a carload of five battlers, right? And it's just like, if it's a, a raid day, we have a raid party, no matter how hard the raid boss is that just drives around. We never have to like look for group, which is a really handy Must thing. Must be nice, <laughs> buddy. It, it is. Look at you living all of our kid dreams when we first got Pokemon. Be like, yeah, I'm going to find myself a Pokemon wife. We're going to have Pokemon kid, like friend or kids. Like, well done, sir. Well done. Yep. And the irony of it is, Kelly and I both were not into Pokemon. We're the perfect age for it, right? Oh, Pokemon snap. blew up when we were kids. It's not like Red and Blue didn't come out. Right. Um, but like it didn't exist. It it didn't hit for me. I was a Magic <laughs> the Gathering type of kid. And, oh, nice. And so I, I totally bought into the, the fantasy worlds of, of playing that card game uh, rather than the Pokemon series. And it's really strange that it never hit for me because I'm, I've always been more of a Nintendo fan than the other video gaming systems as well. That uh, is but, weird. But for whatever reason, it wasn't really until Go that we were into the Pokemon company and its IP at all. And our kids were really excited about it and kind of dragged us into it. And ironically, you know, given the age that we are, really, normally it would be us dragging our kids into something more nostalgic for, but it was quite the reverse. Um, and now, you know, we're a crazy Pokemon-loving family. Uh, so, yeah, go yeah. figure yeah, so you can you can drive with your family of five, take out any five, three to five star Pokemon, or just pick up three random stragglers and have a ranked tournament. Correct. So to that point, uh, I did. I'm currently going to be the the lead basically for now, but uh, just again limited hours. I look forward to finding someone else who's equally passionate and passing it on to them for next season. Uh, but I did go ahead and schedule some space. And uh, last weekend we had an Ember Cup here in Cincinnati, and it was the first live tournament in almost four years uh, since the last one was Rose Cup in February of of 20, or I guess almost three years. Mm. and and it was a good time we had about 15 trainers come out uh, some friendly old faces some of them didn't play or didn't want to play ember cup uh, but we still ended up with nine players of course as you mentioned uh, five of those are fitzgerald so it's like our own little invitational tournament ranked uh, self tournament i guess so uh, nuts but it was fantastic, and I'll go back mm. to uh, what I talked about the the GoFest story and and those moments where you know competitively you might do something that's really memorable to you, but it's really all about the the family experience, uh, or you know it doesn't have to be family, just your your friends and experiencing things together. Uh, but in this case, it's the family. I asked right. the the girls after the tournament we were going out to get lunch with uh, a couple of the other trainers and i said hey did we have a good time because it's the first self-tournament that they'd played in three plus years and they all said yeah no that was that was great we were looking forward to niad cup it's uh you know this was really fun and particularly kira who is the one that very quickly despite being you know the the child that was kind of the, the savant at eight years old back then mm-hmm. um, beating up on some of the best trainers in our community. Uh, she just totally fell away from battling altogether. You know, doesn't even really like GBL either. Uh, uh, 
So the in-person thing for her has been a really big deal. And she was just so happy to be able to get a chance to battle again because she's not old enough yet to play in the Play Pokemon Circuit tournaments. Uh Uh, And so she's kind of, I believe, probably also been felt left out by that. So that in and of itself makes it worthwhile for me to run <laughs> tournaments for the rest of the season in Cincinnati. Nice. Uh, so certainly if you're, uh, if you're into Sylph and you happen to be anywhere close to us here in Cincinnati, uh, look us up. We'll be running tournaments once a month when we're not traveling off to a, a local regional. Uh, and we're going to, you know, see how it goes this season and, and have fun with it. Like I said, I'm not striving necessarily personally for, you know, continentals or a super high leaderboard other than keeping my my training teammates uh you know <laughs> giving him something to compete on with. his toes yeah exactly uh but you know we're we're gonna have a blast with it and and see you know just how how well we can build the community uh with my intent of course being to pass it on because like i said i i think we're buying more into play pokemon than self uh moving forward uh just because uh, only one of those is sent us to London and is sending us to <laughs> Yokohama. <laughs> That's not- right. Khaleesi got into um, London last season. Yep. That's right. That's so uh, that story is kind of wild, right? So you're picking up the end of season four of Self, which was in June and July. And... Uh, I will also share with everybody that our family uh, has a couple of members that uh, you could call them immunocompromised or whatever, but uh, COVID is a problem or just respiratory things in general, but COVID being one of them uh, hit us really nastily. And Sorry so, to hear that. Yep. And so we take it uh, far more cautiously than others. You'll likely see us in masks when others aren't in masks. Um, mm. But regardless the the pokemon company had of course for its first little partial season uh when they came back they had not only mask requirements but vaccination requirements the whole nine yards and i was just starting to go to trade shows for work again um, with similar requirements and i thought okay you know our kids have kind of been locked up for the last two and a half years and i know they used to really like pokemon battling we've got these big events that are happening in fact we've we watched and had a couple of our community members go to the Indianapolis regional, which I believe was the first one here in in North America last, last season. Mm -hmm. And they came back just, you know, singing the praises of it. They thought it was such a neat experience. And so NAIC's registration deadline was coming up. And of course that was just up in Columbus. So another potential short drive. And I asked my wife, I'm like, well, you know, we haven't been going to these events, but if we're ever going to do it, this looks like it's kind of the safest, you know, protocols event we could go to. And it's something I think they would be into, you know, are you okay with us going? And she said, yeah, no, that, that'd be fine for you and, and Khaleesi and, and Kira to go. So we all signed up and, uh, and went to NAIC together. That was our, our first in-person tournament back for ourselves since the, the pandemic started. Uh, and what a, you know, what a heavy one to start with, I guess. But uh, we got to meet, again, people that I had only seen via keyboard, via, via Discord and, and remote tournaments. Uh, yeah. 
And it was just neat to see and meet community members and then be able to compete on the highest level. Uh, we were in kind of three different events. I was in the master's division for Go. Khaleesi paid in, played in the seniors division for Go. And then because Kira is still a couple of years too young for that, uh, she had to play in VGC. So uh, a crash course <laughs> in Sword and Shield Aww. VGC, which I will just summarize as it seems like just behemoth blading with Sashian was the right choice and everything <laughs> else didn't matter. Uh, there was a lot of Kyogres. It just seemed like the format was pretty solved by the time we got into it. Um, but anyway, so the way NIC worked was uh, the Masters division for Go started at play on Friday. So uh-huh. I played on Friday. I did terribly. I didn't win a single game. <laughs> so my first uh-huh. in-person experience was very humbling, right? Coming from a, a perspective of doing very, very well on the worldwide scene in Sylph, uh, it was just kind of a, a crusher to go in person and just not do well at all. Uh, and the two trainers I played are both people that I knew, and they're good. Uh, you know, it's hard to draw a loser's bracket match quite so hard as Kevin Saladaris, but that's what I drew. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, and I believe the, one. Yeah, the highlight of the game that I lost that I shouldn't have is uh, I led Registeel into Wigglytuff, and then he caught a, what ended up being a focus blast on his Trev. And I'll recall one of my, oh. my current faction's mates is watching it from Kevin's side of the table. And Kevin, you know, is like visibly celebrating when he makes the catch, right? Because that's that's a lot of energy that uh, Registeel has to throw regardless of what move it is. And he didn't even know how crushed I was on the other side of the table because I knew it was a focus blast going into Trev. So it wasn't even, you know, remotely a good situation for me, quite the opposite. And I realized that I'd probably lost the game right then and there. And I see my faction mate, he sees what happens and he just shakes his head and walks away. And I'm like, that just summarizes oh. my, my NAIC. But then the story has a happy ending because the seniors played on the Saturday. They started on the Saturday with a smaller bracket. So I'm doing the team dad thing. The VGC tables for the junior division was just kind of, you know, across the the main hall there uh, from where Go was playing. So I could easily kind of traverse from one to the other and they were playing at the same time. So I was just kind of running back and forth, watching Kira (laughs) play VGC and then coming back and trying to watch Paige. And I will admit that I was watching Page or Khaleesi play a lot more because I actually understood Go and knew that game and was trying to give her feedback uh, after the matches. But as it turns out, uh, she got third at NAIC and because uh, Hot Pocket was, already was one of the it. top two and had his travel award from Indianapolis. In fact, the yeah. travel award is passed down as well as the invite that she would have gotten anyway. Um, and so then I have to go back home, right, to the COVID-cautious wife and family and say, okay, so something unexpected <laughs> happened at NAIC. Uh, Paige qualified for a world championships, which was uh, not what we were really going for, not what we expected. And uh, and she just floored me in the moment because I thought, there's no way, right? We're not doing any travel or anything. We're, we're super cautious to protect the, our family yeah. members. And she said, well, look, you know, 
how many times in your life do you qualify for a world championship? For world championship, yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm See, like, that's okay. a good life right there. You know, I said, well, I've never done that, and neither of you, so that's a good point. And I was like, since I got to go to NAIC, and I know I'm going to be more comfortable going to future tournaments, I'm like, you should be the parent that takes her to this. Aww. And she's like, no, uh, because this is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime potentially thing for Paige, we need to go as a family. Like this is yeah. worthwhile for us to go. And I've never been more in love, right? 15 years of marriage. I've never well, been I'm more in love. In love with your wife. That's amazing. What a oh. like whole family's coming. Like I just have that whole like home alone moment where the whole family gets together to help get Kevin out or find Kevin in New York, whatever they did. Like that, everybody's like the you know, the rest of your daughters are like, how are we going to make money to get the plane tickets so we can get a good hotel? You know, the other ones looking up the hotel prices all over the place. Like every, the whole <laughs> family just there where the good Pokemon stops. Someone's already reaching out to Delian London's finest. Are you guys having a tournament? Like I can just see your whole family doing that. That's just so wonderful wonderful yep yep so then began you know our, our throwaway decision if you will to give it a try and go to naic nice. in columbus just turned into what is now a crazy amount of what i like to call pokey tourism where we are traveling all over the the country uh all over the world kind of pursuing these dreams and it all started back then so of course like we said uh, Khaleesi qualified. We all went to London. Uh, we all did play something there. So Kelly and I played in the last chance qualifier. Uh, nice. We did not lose all of our games this time, which we were Yay. both quite proud of. <laughs> we, we were not you know, anywhere close to actually qualifying for Worlds, but we at least gave it a chance. Uh, and then, of course, Paige played in, in the Worlds Championships for the seniors, and the younger two played in the, the VGC Open. But that experience at London, I mean, obviously it was an awesome trip. We went for an extra few days on both sides of worlds. It's the first time any of our kids had ever been to Europe and just a really you know, good, fun family trip. But in the middle of that trip was Pokemon Worlds. And just to be around so many people that, again, we weren't Pokemon, you know, nostalgic regulars. So this is really our first experience of, of seeing so many people so passionate about this, this intellectual property. Mm. Uh, it was just amazing. Right. Uh, everything from the Pokemon Center store where we spent way too many hundreds of <laughs> dollars or, or British pounds. Uh, thankfully, we had brought an extra suitcase. I'll just put it that way. And, and if you follow us on Twitter, you know just how many stuffed animals we brought back Ooh. with us, uh, which is far too many. But, you know, you can never have too many, I guess. Uh, but everything from that to the the little activities you could do, you could you know create your own TCG card um, and have it printed out. Uh, so there was fun stuff like that that, of course, cool. kids are into. But it's neat even for for adults to go through, right? And then just watching Pokemon, the, the five different games that were played there, watching it be played at its absolute highest level, right? And seeing yeah. the the successes. Obviously, it was neat because it was Go's first time there, but just gaining a respect for TCG. CG, which again i was very well familiar with being a, a competitive magic the gathering player for over a decade uh watching how that game has has continued to thrive and then also vgc watching you know, just how excited people were about that um and unite and poke tournament as well 
everything was just top notch and everybody that you met of course all the europeans were excited because it's the first time worlds has, has been over there but just mm-hmm. everybody was passionate about the same thing and you don't get that <laughs> a lot even at, at conventions you don't see that a lot and it was just a really special experience and really kind of locked in even further uh, our love for all things pokemon so to put put the bow on that we come back from London and the next season of play Pokemon, a full season instead of just a, a couple of months is firing up and we yeah. look at the schedule and, and we we have a family discussion and we basically say, okay, uh, Khaleesi, our oldest, is not really into sports. Uh, she's not as athletic as her sisters. Uh, she really, really has dove in deeply right into the, the Pokemon scene. And making worlds, obviously, is kind of a life changer. So she was really interested in continuing to strive. And we said, okay, you know what? she's not into sports let's treat this kind of like a travel sport right so it's silly right it's a video game that we're going around to play but we all enjoy it let's let's actually buy into this for at least a year and see how it goes so we kind of made that family commitment uh, back in september at the beginning of this season and again that kind of going back to my explanation of why i'm stepping a little bit back from self is just you know we're we're doing a family togetherness decision to try to quite frankly the primary goal was to get Paige qualified again get Khaleesi qualified again mm-hmm. but since Kelly and I also play it's like okay well if one of us can get a qualification to worlds and again you're looking at the schedule there's an international championship in North America and 15 regionals so that's 34 <laughs> invitation spots if i do my math correctly I'm thinking to myself, okay, everybody's in one age division. Khaleesi's climbing a massive mountain here because she would be in the seniors division for another three years if that was still around. Yeah. Uh, so the competition just ramped up for her dramatically. Uh, and while yeah. I do really well at Sylph, I don't consider myself, you know, I'm not a GBL leaderboard or anything. So I'm just like, okay, you know, we'll see how it goes. We're going to fully commit to this because that's what families do, right? Even if your kids aren't good at sports, you can still be on travel teams and and enjoy it Uh, but that was the goal and and getting one of us uh, a golden ticket right a wonka's golden ticket to go to yokohama uh, that was the the season goal that we set for ourselves a very optimistic goal in my opinion but that's what we set and uh, what do you know you know we get to salt lake city and and it happens so just like for london we're all going to be traveling to yokohama and making more family memories together that I can't believe you get to go back to back. So the whole family is going to Yokohama too. Yes. Uh, and in fact, the and you did it so early. You did it so early. So like you could really save money guys. Really yes. start planning ahead of time. <laughs> yes. Because NAIC was only, I believe seven weeks before yeah. and things like the passports had expired because again, we were in a pandemic. We didn't need passports. So I right. still had mine. Uh, but of course all the kids, they only last five years for kids instead of 10. 10 so yeah. we had to, rapidly like the week we decided we were going to london which was only a week after naic we're having to go to the post office and apply for expedited (laughs) passports i mean i think the the bill for those four passports was like a thousand bucks right so good lord uh, yeah i mean make no mistake it's been very expensive in places and you kind of grown uh 
but I I wouldn't you know regret it for the the slightest because again we just came out of three years where we really enjoyed traveling as a family before the pandemic and we just mm-hmm. hadn't been doing it. Uh, so if this gave us the kick in the pants to <laughs> to go out there and see the world again, so be it, right? And the cost wow. is what it is. But yes, I am so looking forward to actually being able to travel plan with time and get flights that aren't going to be <laughs> uber expensive <laughs> uh, like we got to London. Uh, you know, it'll be so much better and uh knock on wood it's january tpc like let's let's get some uh let's get some yokohama dates here for august good lord let's get it going so we can get tickets going good god but uh but yeah so we will the fitz family will all be there uh this summer and uh and yeah so i guess uh, you mentioned wanting to talk about salt lake a bit earlier i I guess we could go into that if you want i I was literally gonna transition it's a perfect time to go into salt lake like you talk gave us this wonderful journey of your family going and traveling and then how you guys got into it and getting back into it and that's wonderful that the support system seems to be there. And the fact that you, you guys used to travel too, the game does exactly – this is like the greatest Pokemon family story ever for Pokemon Go because the game has really been taking hits from the pandemic because the whole point of the game is to be outside and to be part of the community. And we couldn't have done that in the last three years. And you're sitting here telling everybody that it was the game that got you to get back out there and go do it. And like, and because of these new regionals, you're able to experience such great joys. Yeah, it's really lucky you got to go to London. And like, yeah, it was like that real expensive. But you get to now try it again. And now you're going to Japan with time on your hands and with that spread. And so that's just such a great family, like Pokemon Go story right there. And so I need to know, how did it feel for Salt Lake before you walked in? Before you walked in, how did it feel? So we had gone to the Peoria Regional, which is obviously somewhat of a short drive for us as compared to Salt Lake City, which is not a drive at all. and we, the three of us that could compete, had competed. Uh, it was the first time that both Khaleesi and I had made it on stream. Uh, ironically, we actually got paired against each other in round two, which is not ideal when you take three, three people to a tournament and end up having to play one of your family members. Yo, and were, y'all, were y'all in the same group? Because I drove with two other guys and we were all in the same group. They put no. us in group D. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me, Munchlax, and DV Sheriff. I had to knock my driver out. I was <laughs> at the end of the tournament. I was like, could I please get a ride home? Yeah. Please don't leave me here. <laughs> please don't leave me here. Right? Like, out of everybody. I'm, like, so excited to battle all these LA battlers. I had zero LA battlers. I was so sad. I wanted to, oh, I guess I had Kayla Peng. But, like, I really wanted to battle, like, my friends, like, Ramberto or Dre Flames and, like, they put me with the AZ guys. I was like, what the Fraggle Rock is this? Yep, yep. Well, it's the, the random luck of the draw. So <laughs> we we actually have a pretty good track record. If there's a morning and an afternoon group, there is no way we will ever be drawn into the same group. And of course, the downside is what you just described, is that you're at far more risk of getting paired against each other, which isn't optimal. But 
when you're dragging a family of five, including two people who aren't playing because VGC has not been on the circuit this season until San Diego, uh, you know, they're perfectly content to sit there and play their switches all day, but we still feel a little bad for them because they can't actually actively participate. And ideally, actually for us, if there's going to be a morning and an afternoon group, we would rather us all be drawn into the same group so we could, you know, not (laughs) necessarily be tied down just waiting for the next round uh, for one or two of us to play. But regardless, uh, Paige and I were drawn into the same group, got paired against her in round two. I'm happy to say, dad pride, I did pull it out after falling behind (laughs) 1-0 and losing the lead really hard in game two. And I thought, boy, are we really doing this? Like, are we we losing to the daughter? Uh, But it didn't happen. And then it turned out fine, in my opinion. We both ended up on stream uh, in our next match, and both of us took a pretty hard look. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Boss, which is, I guess, somewhat <laughs> typical for your first time on stream. You're, you know, you're not used to being on stage in the bright lights, but that was a good learning experience. Huh. We, I wouldn't know they didn't ask me. <laughs> your time will come soon enough. So, so your time will come. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and there have been, if you did see the Peoria coverage, you know that I did not uh, shield the earthquake on my Shadow Swampert. And there is uh, not a whole lot that Shadow Swampert can take, but certainly not an earthquake. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I was yelling at the screen. I was like, what are, yeah. you, what are you doing, Kai? My family. I, it, yeah, to was, this day, I get reminded to shield the earthquakes. So. Yeah, I, yeah. See, because I would, I've, I was your kids too. I'd never, I'd put earthquake in your mirrors so that when you got out of the shower, it's just haunting you like earthquake. There it is. Yep, 
Yeah, but all credit to Beach for throwing the earthquake that I did yeah. not read. I, I called the bait that was not and, and summarily got uh, left right out of the winner's bracket in Peoria. Uh, but I bring that up just so that you understand that we were kind of in practice. We had built up to Peoria at the beginning of October and had really you know, prepared pretty hard for that. And then looking ahead on the schedule, Toronto was drivable, but we had potentially competing plans that weekend so really there wasn't anything close again until knoxville at the end of february and knowing that we did want to try to take this seriously on behalf of khaleesi as a family we were kind of figuring out okay what other regionals between now and then are ones that maybe we should target and salt lake was two weeks after peoria and once again, I am a terrible travel planner, right? Because I'm telling you once again that I'm booking plane flights uh, at the last minute to somewhere, just like for London. Um, but we look at Salt Lake City, and credit once again goes to Kelly. Uh, she, I mentioned to her in passing, I said, oh, you know, I see that Salt Lake's registrations are only in the 30s. And we had just come back from Peoria where there were 60 plus players. Of course, Baltimore had, I believe, nearly 100. And many of these regionals do have a hundred that certainly the the smaller ones tend to have the the 50 60 plus and seeing that salt lake city was so low she said okay well if we're taking this seriously like this is an opportunity you guys need to go and we aren't going to fly all of us out there because again we're still paying off london (laughs) so to speak (laughs) right um so she says, you know, you need to take Paige to this because you two are, are the better battlers in the family and you need to go. You need to go. She kept in my ear for three or four days <laughs> that weekend before you need to go. And finally, I, I said on the Tuesday before, I said, OK, you know, I'm not super busy at work. Uh, we can do this. Let's go. I think the tie breaking factor actually was the fact that Paige had hit it off really well with bird power. Um, in London. They were the only two girls that had uh, played at the senior division in Worlds, and they got paired against one another. Uh, Had Mm -hmm. a wonderful battle. Uh, Khaleesi came up just a little bit short as compared to Bird Power in that battle in a a tight game three. But they talked for like an hour and a half afterwards because they trotted them off together after Bird Power lost her next match to get their prizes. And it was like an instant friendship, right? So again, one of these things about getting out there in the community and you know, meeting people, even people you don't know, and, and making friends uh, that you didn't have before, this was kind of one of those strange opportunities because uh, Bird Power lives out in California. Obviously, we aren't going to cross paths except at events like this. Anytime and soon, had- yeah. Right. And we had seen her at Peoria. They had spent a little bit of time together, but we knew that Bird Power was heading out to Salt Lake City as well. And so it was an an opportunity for us to allow Paige to kind of build that friendship some more. Uh, So I reached out to Bird Power and and her aunt and figured out that, you know, their travel plans were actually syncing up with ours. And so that was really the the last tiebreaker. I said, okay, well, let's just do it. Uh, Let's fly out to Salt Lake City and see how this goes. (laughs) And uh, so we get there on the Thursday before I uh, go to the tournament center on the Friday. Uh, I made uh, a tweet that kind of lives in infamy where I took a picture of Paige and I in front of the stage. And I said, Hey, you know, a lot of great battlers here, but, but here to conquer <laughs> or something along those yeah. lines, right? An, an optimistic message, right? Why, why did I waste this time coming out to Salt Lake city if we weren't going to try? <laughs> and, uh, but you know, I was trying to be realistic because even though I knew the registration numbers were small, we're sitting there with uh, it's Axon and Cindy Oof. and 
uh, yeah. Arrow <laughs> and a couple other known battlers was, was who was hanging out at the the tournament center on Friday. And of course we're hanging out there because Khaleesi wanted to hang out with bird power and, you know, just seeing the, the best of the best that were hanging out there. It's like, okay, this is going to be a, a tough, a, a very rich density of competition despite the small numbers but it's still like okay we'll take our chance uh and then after the tournament center was closing we'd done whatever side events we wanted to uh, of course the other thing if people follow me on twitter they know is that we spent a lot of time at the local planetarium which is awesome in downtown salt lake city um and, and we dubbed ourselves team planetarium because of how much time we spent <laughs> there before and after the tournament but bird power and khaleesi and i and bird power's aunt you know spent basically most of the waking hours when we weren't at the tournament center together that weekend and it was just an opportunity for uh khaleesi and, and bird power to again build that friendship and and make memories while we were you know traveling on behalf of pokemon yeah so the salt lake tournament itself given that it was a smaller tournament uh you ended up getting on stream very quickly because they're going to stream roughly the same amount of matches out to the world from every regional. And because there weren't as many players, uh, that meant you very quickly got to the point in the winner's bracket where you were being streamed. And uh, Paige and, sorry, Khaleesi and Bird Power were drawn into the morning group. I was drawn into the afternoon group. And so I got to kind of team dad it <laughs> again and yeah. watch them go through the morning process, all while sitting on my hands because I knew my first match was against Ayamero, who. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, Exactly. Uh, and I was very well familiar with him. I had actually played him, uh, I think, in a Team Unified event, uh, the three-man tournaments that, that run sometimes. Uh, I had happened to be paired against him right around the time that he got second place at, I believe, a regional last the previous season. So I knew exactly how good he was. I knew looking at the player list that that was going to be somebody, given that he had traveled as well to get to Salt Lake City, I figured, okay, you know, I'm a nobody, but they're going to pull Ayamero on stage because he's a known quantity. And so I very well might be on stream for my first match. Yeah. So I'm sitting there thinking about that for a few hours, but then also magically kind of watching bird power and Khaleesi basically just kind of trade off back and forth, right? They were, they would stream one of their matches and then the other one would go up on stream. Yeah. And they, and both of them just kept winning. <laughs> right. <laughs> And yeah. one of one of the other fun stories from the planetarium the day before is after we had watched one of the movies at the planetarium, we're walking around and Bird Power, we're talking about the next day, the competition the next day. And Bird Power, having been to a lot of these events, is very confident and she turns back to us and she says, well, we're all just top eight tomorrow. And I just kind of chuckle. I'm like, yeah, I want to be confident, but hey, two out of three wouldn't be bad. And even I thought I was being optimistic and joking, right? <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. if two of the three of us, that means one of the Fitzies is going to make it. Um, that would be amazing if one of us made top cut. And then you get to the competition itself. Everybody kind of knows the story, the fact that all three of us ended up running through the winner's bracket. Uh, but Yes, it was very much, again, one of those mixed days where in the morning I got to sit on my hands and be even more nervous <laughs> about <laughs> going up there uh, and playing. And as she kept advancing, I mean, we were just as excited for bird power as well. But as she kept advancing and, and as we're sending out the messages to people back in Cincinnati, a 
of course, the family is sitting here in, in the house on the couch, streaming it, on you know, shouting at the TV. Um, but we were growing the the community of people that we knew that started to realize what was going on was growing as the weekend went on, right? Because we were drawing more people <laughs> into mm-hmm. this magical weekend that was happening, um, and that was again mostly all for Khaleesi. And then all of a sudden the afternoon group starts and I have to go up there and play Iomero. And what do you know? I, I pull what I would consider to be the upset and it's even more. Absolutely. You call that an upset, (laughs) right? No, no offense to you, but like at that moment, yes, yes, no, no doubt. And I talked about reading teams earlier, right? right? I consider that to be one of my strengths in the game. So starting a tournament fresh, want to put a good foot forward, want to shield the earthquake, unlike in Peoria. I look at Iomera's <laughs> team sheet, and I look at the, the team that I've brought. I actually really enjoy Umbreon. is one of my favorite Pokemon. It's why I have a plushie of that up on stage at, at any event I go to. Mm-hmm. And he has Umbreon on his team. But Umbreon isn't super well positioned against the team I brought to Salt Lake City. So... In my notes, I still have my notes from each round. Excellent. I wrote down at the top of the sheet, you know, I am Arrow, and n- like, no way he brings Umbreon or no Umbreon. <laughs> and game one, what's he lead? But Umbreon. Umbreon. <laughs> I just, oh. Like, great. And I had not brought a good line for that and, of course, uh, succumbed to him. But as was the case for much of the rest of that weekend, uh, you know, I kind of figured it out on the fly, uh, played a little bit out of my mind at times, made some good calls, and was able to get that match back, uh, and then, you know, continue to proceed through the brackets. Another big match for day two against Party Marty, and uh, yeah. again, the the magic just kept going. Every time I would step off the stage with another win, of course, Bird Power and Khaleesi are sitting there going, okay, you know, you gotta match us, you gotta get <laughs> Get up and I'm like, hey, I'm just happy to be here, <laughs> right? This is amazing. The fact that I beat Iomero, I've already kind of made my weekend. <laughs> right, uh, you're like pat on the back, go home, have a you know, have a sit down, cry, like ex- you know, exhale, be like, done, we're done, right. we're good, life's good. And, and I messaged that back. Of course, Kelly was the one who kind of pushed us to go, and we're looking at the bracket in the morning, and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to have it rough because I know I have to play Iomero. I'll probably lose. And then the loser's bracket, you have to play basically twice as many matches to, yeah. to keep going as far as you do in the winner's bracket. Like, this is just stacked against me. So we're going to put all our chips behind Khaleesi and see where it goes, but then go figure. Uh, the three, all three of us not only make top eight, but we're standing basically alone with Mormon Mad in the winner's bracket. Yeah. Uh, to go into day two and uh, and then of course you know the story got out there of course go stadiums content team was was covering we were kind of the story of the weekend both the fact that uh, these two uh, senior division or former senior division female players uh, were sitting at the top of the bracket uh, as well as a father-daughter combo i mean mm-hmm. there's just things that you don't normally see <laughs> right even yeah. a few regionals later we still haven't seen some of those same stories repeat uh so so we had a lot of fun with it. Uh, did our due diligence as we always do the the night, the Saturday night into Sunday, uh, looking at the matchups and uh, all shout out to the home team. Uh, she had been watching the streams all day and taking notes on the competition ah. um, as far as tendencies and things like that. So by the time we were calling, just to kind of celebrate and exhale uh, after the first day. Uh, 
you know, she was ready to go, right? She's, she's ready to, to get us trained up. Uh, we didn't do a lot of scrims that night, but we certainly talked through the matchups quite a bit, uh, trying to prepare because at that point we realized the dream was right there at hand, right? We're basically two wins away from one of us getting an invite. Uh, and you know, while certainly Khaleesi finished in fourth and and didn't get the invite, uh, the fact that we didn't just come into day two and fall on our face, uh, again, very proud of the effort and, and mission accomplished, right? One of us ended up with the invite and we walk away from Salt Lake city, knowing (laughs) that the family is going to get to go to Yokohama. So bankrupt, even more bankrupt than London. (laughs) <laughs> yep. And the, the grandmother I referred to before. So the five of us went to London. It's actually going to be seven of us at Yokohama oh! because the grandmother that plays Pokemon Go and the grandfather who definitively does not and thinks we're all crazy, uh, but is down for a good trip. They will oh, be yeah. joining us on this trip. And and so it'll be even more people um, enjoying wow. this kind of once in a lifetime experience. That's so great. What a wonderful story. Just a great adventure all around, especially with bird power too. Like you get to day two and she, you guys get a chance to both fight her, get your opportunities. She knocks you both down. Uh, You get revenge on Mormon Matt for knocking out Khaleesi. And then you got to fight bird power one more time. After everything you just told us, if you've got to fight bird power for one more time in the finals, are you like in it? Or are you just like, I, I'm like, I got my checkpoint. I'm good. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, I do think it's not that I had checked out, but I certainly did not play. That was probably my worst match of the weekend was the grand finals, unfortunately. And all yeah. credit to the people we watch uh, pretty religiously, almost every regional, whether we're at it or not. And uh, some of the grand finals, including the one right before that in Peoria, have just been master classes, right? It's been two players playing at the top of their games. Uh, there's often been a bracket reset, so we get treated to somewhere between between six and 10 (laughs) games uh, between these trainers. I will admit that having beat Mormon Matt, kind of having surprised ourselves and and locked up the invite, I I probably did not have the killer instinct. uh, And it didn't help also that it was bird power because again, we're we're friends with her. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It it is, it is kind of what it is, but, uh, but nonetheless. No, no one, I'm not taking away from your, from you know your your fight or how she did because she got to the grand finals to begin with. I was just yeah. asking because like as a battler, right? You, you're mentally you're having this great adventure with your daughter, her friend. You're all battlers. You're going into day two. You knew you just needed two wins. You got the second win. Like that's all you needed. I just wanted to know, like, because as a battler, because I I would check out too. Sometimes you get to the finals and you're just like. I don't know how I got here. And then you start questioning everything you did. You like exhale and like all that intensity you had in the first four or five rounds prior, just kind of go away and you fleet off and you're like, yeah, you know what? I I think I could catch this. And then you catch the earthquake without shielding that swampert again. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) right. Right. And the other thing that was interesting about the matches with Bird Power, I ended up playing Mormon Matt twice and Bird Power twice on day two. So I I can speak mostly (laughs) just about those two. And 
against Mormon Matt's team, of course, we had done a little bit of prep. But that being said, you know, we'd also talked through Bird Powers team on behalf of Khaleesi, but then knowing that might be a potential opponent for me. So those were the lines that we had kind of thought through. And when it came to Matt, knowing that I was going to have to play him and ended up playing him twice, I basically had a plan, and this is going to sound a little rude, but knowing his background, I kind of had a plan not to, as they said on stream, bamboozle the poor gentleman, <laughs> but I did, I did want to try to see if I could leverage the fact that I knew that I played a lot more Go than he did. Uh, so I knew his strengths, I knew like his Pokemon trainer level, he wasn't going to have excellent Pokemon because he was a level 30-some trainer, and again, no. those those are all little things that I just know, okay, you know, I know what type of play style he's going to bring with the Registeel and the Wigglytuff. It is a little alignment dependent, but I can pull some tricks and try to get him to counter swap in a wrong way, which happened in one of the games. So, you know, I was trying to play that game, almost a mental <laughs> game Don't with more that. ever apologize for having experience. If this battler decided that they want to do it, and join in a tournament, that's on them. If you've got that experience, that's on you. You've joined it a lot better. Like right. so and taking that to note. But then also at the same time, like he's one win away from grand finals too. Level 37, yeah. be damned. Right. I mean, he did knock out Khaleesi, right? So there right. is that, that angle to it. But yes, I felt very confident going into the rematch with him. But right. it's also hard to beat somebody three games in a row or three out of five, right? They've kind of seen, yeah. especially after the first match where I really kind of blew him out in the winner's bracket, I felt like he would have quite a bit more knowledge about me at that point and would come into that rematch. Swinging, yeah. Right, so to speak. Uh, so, you know, you, you take whatever little advantages as a competitor that you, you can, you try to draw whatever intel you can, and again, take uh, a very strong you know approach to to battling uh to do the best that you possibly can and then the the contrast going back and forth between that and bird power so mormon matt is an awesome guy we hit it off that weekend we've remained friends online since then and, and what he accomplished that weekend is something to be cherished in my opinion in the community and not lambasted because it's it's awesome that we can have newer players come in who know a lot about pokemon and can you know, use that knowledge to succeed uh, with lines that may not be you know, the the pure meta, basically. Yeah. But then bird power is obviously a very known quality. Uh, I know that she is very good at making every correct shield call, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. she's, she's got a magic for it for the most yeah. part. And just kind of preparing myself to try to counter that play style, right? It's very, very different from Matt, where I'm thinking, maybe I can leverage a switch and get him to counter swap. You know, I'm trying to lead him in certain ways by saying, okay, I know that I need that Wigglytuff to be aligned against the, the Stunfisk. But if I don't get that to happen, how can I make a soft answer to it? And I think I did that throughout the whole weekend at Salt Lake City, whether it was Toxapex or, or anything else i was really good at kind of leveraging my softer answers just kind of finding the right solution that wasn't yeah. alignment based and wasn't the the hard answer or the best answer and i definitely was trying to do that against mormon matt against bird power 
there were really no secrets because even though we didn't really scrim together, we ended up on a five out of six mirror. Um, unfortunately, in my opinion, her sixth put her in a better spot than me because while I cherish uh, Alolan Ninetales and mm-hmm. I played Powder Snow Ninetales before it was cool uh-huh. <laughs> I uh, at this tournament, it it as compared to Sableye, which is the thing I did not have that Bird Power had, I really felt like put me in a rough spot because she could really play the lines that she knew uh, one of them including Sableye but she was playing Pokemon that she was very well comfortable with I going back to the history that we started with you know way way back at the beginning of this interview I had started way back when it was Venusaur, Azumarill and Metacham right and here I sit on the biggest stage four and a half years later or four years later and who are two of the key Pokemon on my team? Well, it's Metachamp, right? Yeah. Ironically. But if you look at my player card in Sylph, I have really not played a ton of Azu. It has yeah. not really been my play style. And in fact, uh, I was deciding, I decided the day before the tournament that that was going to be my water. I decided to go with that and the, nice. and the double fairy strat. I very, very much prefer Swampert in that role and it kind of killed me after peoria to not run swampert again because i feel like i'm really good with that pokemon but i just decided i think for this tournament the the meta being what it is i think azumarill just fills the holes just a little bit better it was really marginal but i think it fills it just a little bit better yeah. well unfortunately that also meant that was the one pokemon i felt the least confident with and looking back on the matchups with bird power right away in either game one or game two of the first the winner's final match she like uses azumarill just masterclass, yeah. <laughs> right and i realize oh okay in this matchup and i'm now having to play catch up because i'm like okay I see this now, and I also know that unless I can land a dazzling gleam on on Sableye with Nine Tails, like I'm not be, being as able to line it up as I was in other matchups because I wasn't really built very well for the mirror. And then furthermore, I didn't really have the same level of experience with Azu, which I needed to have in that matchup because I needed to be more confident running Azu lines. I didn't do that until the grand finals, and by then I felt like it was too late, right? I was yeah. just trying to play catch up at that point. So the good thing is, right, even someone who has success has an invite. I look back on Salt Lake and it's another positive learning experience, right? And I think even if you win, you can walk away with that and say, okay, you know, there are always things you can do better. Uh, And that, you know, keeps us coming back, right? We've never really solved the game. No. And they keep changing it on us so we can never actually solve the game. Yep. So... I will be very interested to see what they do. Obviously, being a Sylph player, first and foremost, at least before now, um, I love the rotating formats. I, of course, don't think we'll go to that extent, but I also, learning more and more about VGC on behalf of our younger two children, uh, you know, I know that they do every month or two. They're kind of switching things up and doing different series. So I do think whether it's like the factions like restrictions on Open Great League that they, they currently cycle into their, their Open leagues and factions i think there's going to be ways beyond just niantic making move adjustments every three months that mm-hmm. certainly does help freshen up the meta uh, as you alluded to earlier lickitung was very very core you know top six meta uh, back then and now it's nowhere to be found and it's just it's completely fallen out of favor and i unfortunately as much as i love lickitung i think rightfully so it's just not in a very good place in a pick six uh, bring three format at the moment but i think that's what 
I will be looking for in the future is even if it's just small restrictions and adjustments, I think that can keep the player base on their toes. And again, yeah. keep us all striving and, and experiencing something a little different every time that we go. Nice. That's great. Yeah. The, you know, small things like one extra energy to wing attack and lick a tongue is off the table now. Uh, you know, you take 20% off of the 100% zap cannon proc, whatever. And everybody thinks Registeel is no longer available. And you're just like, ugh, this, the meta, like things shift all the time. So I'm intrigued to see what you bring in your finals for Yokohama. Um, you don't have to tell us now, but no one wants to give away the kitchen sink. We'll be surprised. <laughs> If you have a game plan, I know that Sableye sounds like it's going to be numero uno on your list since you didn't have it against bird power. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's well positioned, certainly. And, yeah. and the fun thing is with GBL, right? Every couple, I guess it's every four weeks, you get an opportunity to, if nothing else, jump into GBL and kind of play Pokemon and, and get uh, you know, some reps with new Pokemon and new lines. If you do see me in GBL, just know that one of my lines absolutely has Sableye because, again, just getting in those reps uh, and, and learning, relearning the Pokemon that was quite good many years ago. Yeah. Uh, but yes, if I had to say, I'm going to take Worlds very seriously. Okay. I obviously were, you know, two or three meta shifts away before we even know the the Worlds meta in June. But I will say, if I can bring something that I feel really comfortable with and that I, I love, whether that be Umbreon or Powder Snow, Alolan Ninetales, I mean, there are Pokemon that I do really enjoy playing. And if I can mix one of those in on the team, like I did at Salt Lake City, even if it's a little bit off meta like that was at the time, mm. um, I'm going to love every second of it. And so I'll probably try to express my style that way. I do play a lot of a lot of the meta. <laughs> I am very much a, a play the meta because it's meta mm. uh, person. But I do like having one or two flex picks in there that, uh, that maybe I know better than the competition because I do see that sometimes there's some angles there that you can play. Nice. If you could have one Pokemon be a Great League, like, battle eligible, right? So, like, for instance, uh, Charmeleon, right? No one's going to play Charmeleon. But if you wanted to, like, if you could have one that you could play that was battle eligible, like, able to hold its own, which Pokemon would it be? So my sarcastic answer is Absolutely. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's not, I'm not a main series game player, so I know there's, you know, a lot of love in the hearts for Bidoof and the TM holding machine or the move holding machine. So I understand the history there and why he's a bit of a meme. Uh, but there have been a couple of Pokemon because, again, dad jokes for life. Uh, I have just decided that my daughters will come to like think these Pokemon are silly or stupid and I just take them in, right? I take all the, <laughs> all the, the weary unloved Pokemon. And so Bidoof is a meme within our family. And before that, before that it was Weedle, but I can't yeah. really say Weedle because Beedrill is actually pretty solid. Uh, whereas Beaverell and Bidoof really, you know, other than uh, a couple of Bibberol is really solid. Like, I'm yeah. surprised Bibberol hasn't made it onto the scene yet. Because I feel like it could surprise a lot of people. They they just haven't had their moment, I guess. I'll, I'll right. put it that yeah. way. <laughs> Those Bibberol users, come on out! 
Right. But yeah, so those initial evolutions, Weedle and, and Bidoof are kind of my sarcastic answer okay. because that would that would annoy my children to no end, right? If they had to face me running those in a, in a competent, open Great League situation. Which was your favorite Sylph meta? Ooh, man, there's been so many of them. I have a soft spot just off the top of my head. Sorceress comes to mind. Okay. And... I enjoyed that both in its original iteration, uh, which was a Metacham format and had, uh, I believe, a Zoomeril as well. Uh, so we were running very different yep. teams from that than when they updated the ban list for factions. But of course, they ran it uh, back as the, the repeat uh, factions format. And admittedly, it was my best cycle of factions ever. And that, unfortunately or fortunately, can you know put a positive spin <laughs> on your memories of certain formats. But I just felt so comfortable both times in Sorceress. In fact, even back when it was an individual format, I just felt like its play style in both iterations of it have really kind of meshed with the, the type of player that I am. And maybe it's, you know, finding the interesting soft answers so that you can, you know, play fast swaps and, and try to put your opponents uh, in situations where you can kind of gain little advantages other than alignment. Uh, so I yeah. just found that format to be really, really interesting to me both times. I've taken really well to it both times. And so that probably takes the cake. Uh, I will say for an individual Sylph format from the last season, Glacial Cup uh, was definitely the one that I would I would put above all else. Uh, but there have been others like uh, Venture Cup and even going back to the, the OG Rainbow Cup. I really do enjoy that uh, as well when it's come up on a couple occasions. Uh, but but it is it is probably Sorceress first and and then those next ones that I listed nice. pretty, pretty close behind that. Nice. That's a good cup. No, those are great. I was looking at your Sorcerer's Cup. You really like your skunk tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, as a community leader, you're building up your in-persons now. What other your what are your other goals? So with regard to that, I am hopeful, and I mean, this is you always want to get another round, right? So mm -hmm. we had nine trainers or battlers that played in our first tournament. By the time we get to June, I'm hoping that we can rebuild the community uh, within Cincinnati and the surrounding area enough to where you know we're getting five rounds. I'm not yet going to be optimistic and say six, but back pre-pandemic, there were a couple of popular formats or or months where the the tournament hit on a good day. I can remember us at the little brewery that we had those tournaments at having six rounders, right? It was far more typical for us to have four or five rounders, but there were a couple of times when, at least as far as the scale that we felt at the time, those felt like battle towers to us, yeah. right? Because we had yeah. people coming from Columbus, we had people coming from Lexington and Indianapolis. Six rounders um, are big. Back yeah, then no, it, yeah. It, it was huge. And just the chance to see some of the best battlers in our region. Again, it's kind of the same concept of battle towers, which are allegedly coming back. We'll, <laughs> we'll see when the first one of those uh, is. But, uh, yeah. but that kind of magic was there. I'm not saying that we're going to get back to that point because I do think Sylph is in a different spot these days, but just kind of building the community back up. And again, it's also selfishly so I can pass it off to the next round of admins, but I want to leave it in a better place than I found it. Yeah. And 
I guess that would be just the message. You know, our families, I, I jokingly say to people who aren't in the Pokemon scene, like people at work, I say, hey, we're niche famous, right? Everybody knows who the Fitzgerald family is. But what we want to do for the community is encourage other families or other similar battlers or even battlers that don't don't fit our family profile like that. You know, we want the scene to grow, right? We want the next generation of battlers to have it better than we've got it right now. And we've had a lot of things break our way a lot of you know i mean we've earned it but we've had a lot of good luck right that Mm -hmm. has put us in the right spot at the right time that's what you know got us to london it's what's getting us to yokohama and i want to be able to sit on my couch even if i'm not doing this a year or two from now if we're not still you know grinding the circuit uh, i want to be able to sit on my couch and enjoy the stories of others right i want to celebrate the success of the, the community and i absolutely want to see go five years from now be a core property at worlds right i want to see it next to tcg and vgc because in my opinion the the well it is but i want to see it have that longevity right i don't want it to just burn out and disappear like Like many other pokemon games do um so that's the goal uh leave it better than you found it it's uh it's just i guess kind of our our family mantra and that's that's what we're striving to do that's a good family mantra. That's great. Who would you rather battle? Wildcat Dad, Astro Zombie, BTW Dino, or Matthew Breaker? Oh, Astro. No doubt. Astro? Easy? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The spice. E- easy dubs. Easy. <laughs> easy dubs. Shots fired. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> he, he's a factions mate. I love him. I love okay. him. But he, he does bring the spice and... Uh, I do enjoy training against the spice because you never know exactly what you're going to bring. He has, for example, an Ember taught me what moves Hippowden has. I didn't know until I played against him, and and now I know. (laughs) And knowing's half the battle. Yeah. Yep. Uh, competitively of of that group, certainly Wildcat, we've got a bit of a long time, you know, sort of rivalry going. We're factions mates now, but um, but he was in many of the same lobbies I was, and so we've we've had some some healthy matches over the years. And certainly, if I'm just picking from a competitive standpoint, uh, I think Wildcat absolutely is one that can put me through my paces. Nice. That's great. Uh, Mr. Buckeye Fitzy, is there anywhere else that people can find you? Yeah, so I, I don't do a ton of social media. Not not a streamer. Used to be a podcaster, but not at the moment. So I'm I'm in the crowd listening to many of your podcasts like this one. Uh, but you can always track me down on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Buckeye Fitzy on any platform that I'm on. That is that is my identity. I have two degrees from the Ohio State University, and I have leaned fully into that <laughs> as as what I call myself online. Uh, and then. Uh, otherwise, I mean, honestly, we are going to a lot of uh, play Pokemon regionals. So if you see us or the family, say hello. Uh, I think at the next round of tournaments, we typically stand out because we're the, the big group with the kids and all the plushies. Uh, but my wife surprised all of us, the seven of us that are going to Japan with Team Fitzy jerseys for Christmas. Aww. Which was just the most sweet and awesome gift ever until I opened the other gift I'll talk about in a second. Um, but for the group, I mean, what a cool thing. So we're, we're going to be wearing team shirts. And, you know, that's not unusual. They're 
factions, people that wear their faction jerseys or shirts. So it's just kind of our our little thing. Um, and so we'll hopefully be a little easier to spot moving forward. Selfishly, as we're like cracking back and forth between VGC tables and Go tables for the next few regionals, it'll hopefully also help us find each other a little quicker. But uh, but yeah, so there's that. And then the other gift, which actually was inspired by its Axon, because one of his friends did this for him, uh, for his team that he won NAIC with. Uh, my wife purchased like some fancy versions of TCG cards of the six Pokemon I qualified with in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And mounted them you know on on a little uh plaque or whatever if you will a little uh, picture frame or, or scrapbook frame um and gave that to me as a memento wait uh, what what did she melt again so tcg cards so it's got six cards the six pokemon so it's got a lickitung card and a metacham card and a trevenant card um, okay and she melted them yeah, so they're in like sleeves, but then mounted on a, a backing, like a scrapbook mounting and a picture. Oh, frame. I thought you said melted. No, and I was melted, like, melted, yeah. wait, what? Okay, <laughs> no. that's much cooler. There, mounted. Yes, there, was, there was no Charizard melting <laughs> of the poor TCG cards. <laughs> okay, good. I was like, what is happening? But uh, but funny shout out to Bird Power. So she put it together and apparently had not done close enough research because I opened it up and I actually started to cry because I'm like, oh my god, what a what a thoughtful gift! Like this is just crazy how good you are at gifting and, and being an awesome mom and wife and parent. Um, but then I looked down and I realized it wasn't a swap of Alolan Ninetales for Sableye because, of course, she knows Alolan Alolan Sableye. Yeah, that's not a thing. Alolan Ninetales was really kind of my distinguishing factor in my thing that weekend. But there was some other Pokemon, I think maybe it was Trevenant, that wasn't there and Sableye was. And I look down and the first thing I see, I'm like, oh, cool, it's my team. And then I'm like, but what's Sableye doing there? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it, it's all good we found ourselves a very fancy uh a very fancy trevenant card i think it was and it okay. slipped it in so so yeah, we got yeah. it all corrected before it went up Woo! On the wall. But, but yes so she she gives the the best tweets ever she's uh at mama fitzy so give her a follow as well uh she tweets much better than i do based on you know the the likes and the retweets people love uh mm-hmm. she's got such a, a unique interesting perspective on on our pokemon journeys uh, and and i love to see it because again it's not about me right. <laughs> it's, it's it's about the family um and it's about the community so Nice. Well, it sounds like you're a good man with a good heart out here in the Pokemon world, and you have a loving Pokemon family. Uh, Very appreciative that you came by and to join us on this interview today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, only other shout out I'll give out there, or not a shout out, but just a a message into the world, is that uh, if you know people that make the decisions. Uh, I do believe we should have a senior and maybe even a junior division in uh, in the Play Pokemon circuit for Go uh, to grow again the future. Uh, it is something that I do feel very, very strongly about. And it, granted, I'm coming from the biased perspective that we benefited very greatly from that as a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wanting to see other families, wanting to see other young battlers have their chance to shine. You know, for every bird power, hot pocket, would dodge, me, Weedle, um, 
all of these great names that can absolutely hold their own on the main stage and have proven they can do so yeah. for every one of those there's five other kids that are also really interested in pokemon battling and that currently aren't getting their chance so i really do hope that's one of the refinements in some way that we get to see back on the table even if it's well after our kids can do it i still think it's something that that should be there to grow the future of our game I agree with you on that. Like the young kid list on the list right now, the young kids' names on the list, there's like four of them uh, that are going to Yokohama right now. Like the youth is coming up strong. I feel like they need to have their own division, not to separate them from the adults, but because some of them are still new to the game. And that's, you know, some of the new adults that come in are still new to the game. And they're going to have a hard time fighting these seasoned battlers, right? Same as the young ones. And you kind of don't want to discourage the young ones, right? Because they're going to lose to like a 30-year-old. You're going to have a 13-year-old fight a 30-year-old. And like, what if, no offense, what if the 30-year-old ends up being a dick? And like, or a jerk and <laughs> yep. like, just doesn't even realize it's he's he or she said the trainer said something that made the young trainer feel bad. Right. Like how, how would you feel like so many things wrong? Like you shouldn't have that. Yes. It should be together in the same building so that we can all joke and laugh and, you know, have these stories. But I, I totally agree with you that there should be divisions. And granted, not everything about VGC and TCG is perfect. Their world's qualification system where you have to grind for points is an absolute oh nightmare. God. I'm so I'm so <laughs> glad I'm so glad we're not there yet. Because it seems like that's where they'll probably go with us. They'll be like, Yeah, you get ten rounds and the person with the most round with the most W's at the end of the ten rounds will be the top eight. Like, so glad we are not there. Yeah. Uh you know, like, yeah. yeah, we'll just do tournaments so that, you know, you're the hundred people that showed up can, um, you know, can, can maybe make the, the final eight. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And if we scale, right. If we scale up, okay. Maybe you have a top 16 cutoff and maybe you do have rounds of Swiss. I, I don't know that I would necessarily object to that. Uh, but yeah, the whole point based system, I, I think somebody posted it. I think it was a regional after Salt Lake city. So there were four regionals on the books at that point in North America, and then at least two or three in Europe, but they basically applied the point system to Pokemon go players. And at that point, there was only, I believe, one person that was close to qualifying, and nobody was even qualified <laughs> like three months into the season. It just baffles the mind uh, a little bit how they do that. But that being said, there are things we can learn from those games, why they are such successes on the circuit. Yeah. Uh, and I do think growing the future of the game is is critical there because, yes, I am amazed by the quality of, like I said, the Hot Pockets, the Wadages, the uh, the Me Weedles, the, the Bird Powers. Coxiax. Exactly. But all those kids, right? Some of them are already 16, but, mm-hmm. uh, but they're going to grow up, right? And then where's the next wave of young battlers that are going to belie their age and, and kick us all in, <laughs> in the teeth, surprisingly. Uh, again, I've seen it happen within my local community in Sylph. I had oh. literally an, an eight-year-old who's now 11, but I literally had an eight-year-old that was beating up on much better seasoned Sylph battlers. So it is very much possible, and, and we need to do what we can to encourage them before we lose them to other pursuits, basically. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Well, thank you, sir, for this wonderful interview. I'm going to let you go because it's 
pretty late at night and I appreciate you giving us this wonderful conversation uh, this late at night. Seems like you could, we could sit around a campfire and just shoot the stories for hours now. Yep. Yep. And like I said, say hi on Twitter, but certainly if you see us in person or see me in person at a tournament, please come up and introduce yourself. It has been literally the joy of the last six months. It's not just the travel that of course has been very exciting and we love, you know, traveling to Canada and London and and Japan uh, as we will in the future, but it's meeting this awesome community of gamers and just being excited about uh, being able to build these relationships. Like absolutely, please come say hi. (laughs) And as an old Sylph dog, old Sylph guard, uh, being with the in-persons, to be back in the in-persons as well, you can appreciate just the atmosphere of those live in person. So, and you know, it can get a little overwhelming, but always go say hi and talk to people when you go to these in-persons like walk up introduce yourself let let buckeye fitzy know who you are if you've come across each other right don't you be like hi buckeye fitzy and then you don't tell him your name and he's got to sit there going uh hey like (laughs) just it's a great opportunity these tournaments if you're not doing these regional tournaments go do these regional tournaments go into yourself Local uh, tournament maps and find local in-person tournaments out there. Or even if you're close to Cincinnati, reach out to Buckeye Fitzy. Be like, when's your tournament? Because I would like to be in an in-person tournament. Because there's nothing better and thrilling than an in-person tournament. Yep. Check that map on Sylph. It's right there on the main page. Click mm-hmm. on the map and you'll see what, what ones are closest to you. Exactly. Well, thank you, sir, for joining us today at the Executive Edition. I am Sosa Flo, and like always, enjoy your battles. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.